Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by West Holm. We all know from home cooks to restaurant chefs to eating enthusiasts that the quality of your ingredients makes all the difference, especially when it comes to meat. West Holm, which is based in Queensland in the Northern Territory, Australia, is working with the land to create nature-led Australian Wagyu. They steward 16 million acres of rangeland, guided by the natural ecosystem where their cattle thrive. The result is high-quality Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of Northern Australia and a flavor suited to complement any cuisine. West Holm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash saver. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. Hello and welcome to Savor and Production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about the food of The Simpsons. Yes, which was supposed to be a, quote, easy, short one. Like a light, fun thing. Like, oh, man, let's just, like, let's just do a fun... Uh, I think I forgot that every episode of The Simpsons is about food. Pretty much, yeah. It's still very fun. It just oh, yeah. wasn't the, quote, light research load <laughs> <laughs> that no. we perhaps were anticipating, foolishly yeah. or not. <laughs> yeah, I could still be researching right now, but instead we're just going to record. So, yeah. so, yeah, it's all great. Yeah. Give you a taste of what <laughs> The Simpsons has to offer. Uh-huh. Um, for my personal experience, I was actually really afraid of The Simpsons as a kid. I would oh. not watch it. What? I thought Homer was going to kill Bart. Like, I... Oh. Was afraid. I can (laughs) I can see that. I mean, especially in those earlier seasons, like he like does a lot of strangulation of Bart. So, yes, and I did not get the joke. Um, I was so afraid of it that my parents wouldn't let my brothers who did love it watch (laughs) Uh it if I was like nearby. In the oh wow okay really terrified me. as I got older, though, I really dug it. And I especially liked the Halloween specials. I wasn't a religious watcher or anything, but I would always check those out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I did get to sit in on an interview with the voice of Lisa Simpson, Yardley Smith, over on Smenty. Um, she has a podcast. Um, and she sent me some Lisa Simpson pins and an autographed picture, even though, like, I really wasn't involved. This was sort of when I was oh. transitioning over. Oh, but that's that's still, that's so sweet. She seems like a really genuine um, and awesome human person. 
She was. I got like tears in my eyes as Aww. I was listening to her. It was really, really sweet. <laughs> yeah, um, I got to I got to um, announce her onto stage at a at a big iHeart thing um, a few months back when big things were still a thing. Um, <laughs> and uh, so she's uh, indirectly responsible for one of my proudest moments in in voice work, which was when I got to say in my like really smooth announcer voice into into a microphone to an auditorium full of human people. Um, and now, small town dicks, Yardley Smith. I got to say the word dicks. <laughs> and it was just, I still, thank you, Yardley. That was a high yes. moment in my career. Thank you. That's a pretty good one. That's a, that's a high note for sure. Oh, but check out if, if, if I don't know, uh, if, if, you, if you like comedy and or crime um, or both, then check out Small Town Dicks. It's a great show. There you go. Shout out. <laughs> um, and we have been to the Simpsons area in Universal Studios again when that was still open and a thing. Um, I've definitely tried to duff beer mm-hmm, and I, mm-hmm. I had one of those huge donuts. Luckily for oh. me... I shared it with someone. I only had oh, one bite, but the other person really paid the price for that later. Ah, <laughs> um, oh, sugar in the park. It's a bad. It's a bad oh. plan. It's huge. It's bigger than like not only my head, but like multiple of my head. God, yeah. And I've ridden the rides. Um, once we got to cut to the front of that Krusty Land ride because one of my friends was wearing some kind of shirt. I don't know, but they let us go to the front. It was awesome. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> and I know, like, my past crushes have been on The Simpsons. Billy Joe Armstrong, Danny Radcliffe, Mark Hamill. I watched those episodes. I made oh, sure. Oh, okay, well, sure. I think Billy Joe Armstrong, that was the movie. But anyway, hmm. I checked I it all out. never saw the film. Um, no, I, I, I loved The Simpsons when I was growing up. Uh, it was definitely a thing that my dad and I would watch together, like, every Sunday. Oh, yeah, the Treehouse of Horrors episodes were great. Like, my friends and I would just, like, endlessly quote it at each other on the playground, probably much to the chagrin of, like, whatever adults were around. Because back then it was considered, um, I think, a little bit rude by a lot of grownups. And certainly I think it was going for a little bit rude. But I don't know. Like, when you think about it, I think think it's really one of the sweetest shows on television um, about, like, a family that just loves each other and loves their weird little town. But yeah. <laughs> and speaking of like not being a light research episode, <laughs> I found this thing on Simpsons Archive and it was a guide to the food in the Simpsons. And from what I understand, it's literally every mention of food in the show. And it they just documented it. Mm-hmm. And so that's impressive. Uh, yep. Someone who loves research and gets pretty into <laughs> the fandoms I like, uh, I salute you. <laughs> and recently, Oof. The Simpsons took a trip to New Orleans in an episode, and there was a pretty epic NOLA food crawl, and so many people have made videos recreating it. It's awesome. Oh, there are mm-hmm. 52 establishments on oh the list. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oof. we got. I know, right? I don't think we hit 52 establishments no, while no. we were in New Orleans. No. And we were there for food. <laughs> okay. We were there for food for, I think, five days. Yeah. Um, but we did go to about 10 of the things on there. Okay. So, you know, <laughs> respectable. Not, not too shabby. Uh, you know, it's not, not, not Simpsons level, but not too no. shabby. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. I don't think we can quite aspire to the Simpsons yet. No. Um, <laughs> Give us another 30 seasons. <laughs> yes. 30 seasons from now, we will be able to hit 52 establishments in one oh, day. Oh, heck. Um, and there are not one but two episodes where members of the family become food bloggers. Mm-hmm. So kind of mm-hmm. in our wheelhouse a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's get to our question. Sure. The Simpsons. What is it? Well, uh, The Simpsons, uh, if you didn't know and are very confused at this point, is an animated uh, sitcom, satire, drama, television show. Um, It airs in 30-minute time slots on network TV uh, and thus runs about 22 minutes per episode. And uh, yeah, it's about the very average lives of this very average working-class nuclear family. Nuclear is kind of a joke because the dad works for a nuclear power plant. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, their, Their last name being Simpson. So it's about the Simpsons. Um, and it follows them around uh, the home at school, uh, out around uh, in their community in the very average town of Springfield, the state 
that Springfield is in is never mentioned, but you know, so anyway, um, it has been running the Simpsons since 1989. Um, 1989. Uh, it's currently in its 31st season. Um, it's been renewed for its 32nd as well. Uh, you know, and like the characters occasionally have birthdays and like things around the town will occasionally change. Um, but everything stays pretty much the same. Like the world pretty much resets, uh, at the beginning of every episode. Um, as you know, you can do when your characters are animated and the kids don't grow up and, you know, nobody, Mm -hmm. nobody moves on. It was created by, uh, by Matt Groening as a series of animated shorts in 1987. Those shorts aired on the Tracy Ullman show, and then, yeah, um, they developed it into the uh, full-length show. And, yeah, since the show is about the Simpsons' daily lives, food does play a big part in it. Um, you know, what they cook and eat at home and out around town, what they see advertised on TV, what they hear news about. Um, and the father, Homer, is just this, like, big old walking id uh, and so he thinks and, and dreams about food a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, just as in any small town, there are any number of uh, restaurants and shops out around Springfield, uh, many that parody real-world places or, or tropes. Um, so, like, you want a snack or a soda or a six-pack, you head to the Quickie Mart. Um, the local dad bar dive is most tavern. Coffee and a donut, stop in at Lard Lad. Um, and if you're looking for some family fun, um, just as Anheuser-Busch created Bush Gardens, um, the theme park, you can go to Duff Gardens. Uh, oh, so. my God. I mm-hmm. did not know that was Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No, like, oh, like they, no. They, like, trot, they like trot the Clydesdales out, like, around Bush Gardens. Yeah, it's a whole Wow. Thing. I did not know that. <laughs> I thought it was V-U-S-H, and I thought it was, like, just pretty butterflies. Mm, nope. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> uh, well, you learn something new every day. You never know where the research is going to take you. Wow, <laughs> that's blowing my mind. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess, I guess, growing growing up in South Florida, like you absorb probably a lot more about theme parks than many other humans would. So, so I feel like, mm. yeah, makes sense. Yeah, you can be forgiven. <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> I didn't know that some big beer company had a theme park. <laughs> but of course, of course, I should have. I should have. Uh, Numbers-wise, uh, I, I could have um, just sat all day and pulled numbers for y'all because uh, because when this season finishes, th- this very weekend, in fact, um, if you're listening to this, the day it comes out, um, there will be 683 episodes making it the longest-running primetime scripted TV show ever. Wow. Hey, we're kind of timely. Yeah. Almost never happens. I know. (laughs) It's happened, like, once. (laughs) This is the second time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're moving right up. Right up there, Lauren. One day. Yeah, doing it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's aired, I think, in over 70 countries. Um, and and usually when it's translated, it's not just literally translated, but um, but they work in like local like like pop culture references and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. A feature length film was released in 2007. 31 seasons, y'all. That is as old as I am. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so there right. you go. Well, that probably explains, at least in part, why there were so many <laughs> food references that we could talk about. <laughs> and uh, let's let's get into those. Yes, but first, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. (laughs) I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a savor team trip together. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) 
Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No Me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, Mm -hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. Yeah, uh, Westholm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. Yes, I did too. (laughs) Westholm offers these beautifully marbled steaks because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia, from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia, and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash savor. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with donuts. Donuts. Ah, mm-hmm. Yes. This is Homer's favorite food. Uh, he even has an imaginary planet of donuts. Uh, and he is frequently depicted with a pink frosted donut with multicolored sprinkles. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, in Homer's perfect iteration of, like, the universe, uh, as seen in a Treehouse of Horrors episode, it rains donuts. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. But he doesn't realize it, and he leaves. He's, 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 he's like, oh, man, this one's perfect. And he's like, oh, Marge, could you get me a donut? And she's like, what's a donut? And then he puffs out, and it starts raining donuts. It's very funny. Well, that's why it's a Treehouse of Horror episode. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Lessons learned. And as I said, um, <laughs> the, uh, the the local donuttery um, is Lard Lad. And um, outside of this place, there's a, there's a huge statue of this cartoony boy uh, holding up a huge donut. Um, it's sort of a take on the big boy mascot, if you've ever seen a big boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like that. Uh, Buzz Cola. Um, uh, the show's Coca-Cola, like Jolt Cola kind of parody. It's one of Bart's favorite drinks. Um, and was sold in real-life 7-Elevens for a while um, that were converted to be Quickie Marts surrounding The Simpsons film release. Oh, wow. Yeah. Missed out on that. Um, mm-hmm. Then, of course, there's Duff. The beer of Springfield, mm-hmm. and definitely the preferred beverage of Homer Simpson. Can't get enough of that wonderful Duff, as the slogan goes. And yes, there are Duff Gardens, which now makes more sense to me, um, <laughs> where you can buy Duff beer goggles. There's the mascot, Duffman. And also uh, the the seven Duffs, uh, sleazy, yeah. queasy, edgy, surly, tipsy, uh, remorseful, and dizzy. <laughs> Sleazy and queasy. <laughs> um, and there are a couple of varieties, like Lady Duff, which is just Duff, but in a pink can, of course. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, there's the Duff Beer Suitcase, Duff Gummy Beers Candy, and Duff 200, Nothing But Booze. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um, and yes, you can buy it at Universal Studios um, in Orlando and Los Angeles. And there was a pop-up selling it in Burbank not too long ago. You can also buy a Duff energy drink on Amazon. Huh. So, okay. Yeah, not really sure what that's about. Um, and then there's FUD beer, which is their the competitor. Uh, yes, the uh, obviously suckier Shelbyville competitor of Duff beer. And I, as someone who comes from a small town, I know exactly this competition. That's Dawsonville. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's like your town that you're just always competing with. Right, yeah. Similarly, uh, Family Guy's Peter Griffin's favorite beer, Pawtucket Patriot Beer, is discovered to be Duff, but just under a different label. Yeah, and Homer calls it the same, but worse. (laughs) To which Peter responds, it may have been inspired by Duff, but I like to think it takes it in a different direction. And this is a reference to the frequent criticism that Family Guy is a ripoff of The Simpsons. Oh, okay. That's that's, that's cute. Yeah. That's the one where the, what's his name? Kool-Aid Man shows up. I've seen that gif a lot. <laughs> I've seen, yeah, I don't think I've seen that episode, but I've definitely seen that gif. Well, there you yep. go. That's that episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> then there's Red Tick Beer with the slogan, Suck One Dry. Uh, a tour of the brewery <laughs> reveals that the flavor comes from dogs swimming in the brew, and the more dogs, the more the flavor. Sure. That makes yeah. sense. That absolutely tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- these and uh, many other alcoholic drinks are consumed at Moe's. Yes, there's also Absolute Pickle. <laughs> uh, so Absolute with a hint of pickle. One of the ingredients in the Forget Me shot, which is a shot that Moe, the bartender, uh, guarantees you'll forget the last 24 hours once you drink it. Uh, the other ingredients are Jägermeister. Slow gin, triple sec, quadruple sec, the gunk <laughs> from a dog's eye, the red stripe from Aquafresh toothpaste, and venom from the Louisiana Lobato moth. Then it's stirred with a pregnancy strip until the results show positive. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, if that wasn't enough, there's also illegal bathtub hooch, which is Homer's homemade hooch after Springfield enacts a prohibition uh, that he distributes as the beer baron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, Flaming Moe's. Ah, yes. Yeah, so this is a cocktail drink Homer made to escape the company of Marge's sisters, Patty and Selma, or he was doing it to sort of tune them out. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he made it out of the last drops of several types of liquor and crusty brand cough syrup, and then uh, it got on fire when uh, one of the sisters heard the... Ashes oh, cigarette. from her cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. But he really dug it, and it gave him an excuse to get out. Uh, and he shares the recipe with the bartender at Moe's. Uh, Mo again. And Moe steals the idea to attract a younger crowd to keep his place oh. afloat. And it worked. It was a smash hit, even attracting the attention of Aerosmith. 
<laughs> and earning Mo an offer of $1 million. And of course, Homer completely flips out over Mo's traitorous actions. Oh, oof. Yes. Kind of on a related note, um, Mo also tried to make his tavern more family friendly, <laughs> changing the concept and renaming it Mo's Family Feedbox. <laughs> And a part of this includes serving hot fries on his head while the kids eat them. And let's just say this concept did not last. Nope. Yeah, that 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 that's the the, the birthday shtick. Um, he would he would serve the hot mm-hmm. fries from his like balding pate. And yes, yeah. very painful, very painful. Yes. <laughs> uh, and you can buy Flame and Moe's at Universal Resorts, sold as a quote natural energy drink. Huh. Huh, indeed. <laughs> and then, of course, Simpson and Son revitalizing tonic. So this is an aphrodisiac. <laughs> Yay! Oh. Yay! Who knew in the Simpsons, <laughs> of course, um, that Grandpa and Homer's aphrodisiac are believed to have been invented by Great Grandpa as a cheap holy water alternative. And he made it by mixing the liquids in his medicine cabinet from cologne to all the medicines in there. Homer learns that the elixir was behind his conception. Ah. Yes. And then there's the slew of crusty brand products. Right. Uh, we, we already mentioned the cough syrup. It's not technically a food item, even though it does make its way into that drink. Um, yeah, and crusty being the local uh, children's broadcast TV clown. Like in the tradition of Bozo the Clown, apparently created uh, after this memory that, that Groening had in his hometown in the Pacific Northwest of, uh, of this clown called, like, Rusty Nail or Rusty Nails, <laughs> uh-huh. um, who was apparently, like, a delightful character, but, but Groening was always a little bit creeped out by him because his name was Rusty Nails. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, uh, yeah, Krusty, Krusty the Clown, um, uh, the show is is internationally marketed. His products do seem more popular than, um, if not less shoddy than, the show. Yes, yes. Uh, there's a very particular vibe. And as someone who's, I've seen a lot more of SpongeBob than The Simpsons, mm-hmm. I feel like uh, Krusty Krab and Mr. Krabs, there's a lot of intersection oh, yeah? there. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so one of the main products is Crustios. This is the mm-hmm. best-selling product, a sugary breakfast cereal. In one episode, Bart swallows a jagged piece of metal from one of the boxes and sues Krusty. And later, the box is shown with the slogan, flesh-eating bacteria in every box. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's also uh, Frosty Krusty Flakes um, and Chocolate Frosted Frosty Krusty Flakes. Um, the slogan for which the like the like marketing slogan is only sugar has more sugar. <laughs> <laughs> they do have pretty excellent slogans. I gotta yeah. say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, spe- speaking of, there's a Krusty brand imitation gruel. Nine out of ten orphans can't tell the difference. <laughs> imitation gruel. <laughs> oh, uh, and then there's the Krusty Burger, which yeah, always makes me think of the Krabby Patty from SpongeBob. Uh, it's your standard cheap fast food burger, just meat, the bun, and some sauce. The special sauce is sun dried mayo. Oh, mm-hmm. oh no. Oh no, indeed. Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> The commercial VO says, we start with authentic letter-graded meat and process the hell out of it. And the packaging says, now without lettuce and we'll cause early death. (laughs) At one point, Krusty Burger got taken over by the IRS and to place an order, customers had to fill out an IRS paperwork uh, and wait four to six weeks to get it. Oh. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the Krusty Burger 2, made from the meat of cannibalized cows. And yes, of course, it kickstarted the zombie apocalypse. Uh, that was a that was a Treehouse of Horrors episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Or Treehouse of Horror, I believe it's a singular. Anyway, uh, th- yeah, that was from the 20th of those. Because Wow. <laughs> right? Gosh, that that's their yearly Halloween special, which has a bunch of um which has a bunch of shorts rather than a normal full episode kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's where Daniel Radcliffe came in in the Twilight parody. He he voiced the vampire. Oh, oh, I get it. That's <laughs> that's cute. It was good. that's that's adorable. <laughs> oh my god. There's also the Rib Witch, which you can probably tell from the name, is the Simpsons version of the McDonald's McRib. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a limited time product of Krusty the Clown's Krusty Burger, and it is very well loved, uh, partially because of its addictive quality. And because of that, it gets a cult-like following that Homer joins called the Ribheads, you know, making fun of the Grateful Dead, uh, Deadheads. Um, <laughs> and they ch- they go from market to market uh, to, to try it because it's sort of being rolled out in different Across. places. Yeah, huh. And then I at the end, Krusty's like, what a weird experiment this was. And it's discontinued. Oh, mm-hmm. oh gosh. Huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Much, much like the 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 McRib. Yeah. Indeed. Too good for this world, one might say. <laughs> yes. Uh there's yeah, there's Krusty brand mayo. Uh there's <laughs> I know, right? Oof. Oh. Uh-huh. And then, yes, there's Krusty Band Vodka, Absolute Krusty. Uh, Krusty Bubblegum, which contains spider eggs, which they knew about, and Hantavirus, which they didn't. Ah, <laughs> the Krusty Clump Bar, which is a send-off of the Waka Bar, a chocolate bar with almonds. Uh, and there's a similar contest held for a golden ticket to a candy industry trade show that, of course, Homer's desperate to get to. Um, you can also buy these in real life at, at Universal Studios, and it's milk chocolate, marshmallows, potato chips, and pretzels, and then one of them has peanuts in it. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. I will say potato chips and, and chocolate bars are is a great thing. I always really enjoy it. It's a nice salty crunch in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, Stabios. <laughs> Who can forget about the Stabios? This is sort of a Cheerios, Lucky Charms combo, but instead of the heart stars and horseshoes, the marshmallow shapes are uh, red-stained weapons. Yeah, uh, pink daggers, yellow hatchets, green ice picks. Um, yeah, this, this is a, a, a tie-in product with uh, the children's cartoon brand Itchy and Scratchy, which uh, is this cat and mouse that, like, murder each other really gruesomely in every episode. Uh, kind of a send-off of the Tom and Jerry sort of vibe. But, and and it's, a, it's a, yeah, it's an animated short within The Simpsons that airs on Krusty the Clown's TV show. Yeah, uh, also scared me. It's something I think what I would really enjoy now. Yeah. <laughs> it seems right up my alley, but <laughs> as a kid, like, I remember very clearly when, uh, is it, which one's the mouse? Itchy oh, itchy. I couldn't tell you. Well, the mouse, like, cuts open <laughs> the cat yeah, uh-huh. after force-feeding him these these stabios and, like, eats it out <laughs> of his inside. <laughs> Yeah, but before you grow a sense of satire, I'm not sure what age that happens, but I'm picturing that you were just a little bit, little bit below the, the satire level when you saw that first. I was watching it in just horror. Um, <laughs> I do find it really interesting, and I've always wanted to get into the science behind this, but like, in my case at least, a lot of things that were more like children scared me way more. Then, like, I watched Nightmare on Elm Street at eight. I actually watched it at four, and I was like, um, you know, it didn't scare me. But huh. meanwhile, The Simpsons. But itchy and scratchy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Terrifying. Huh. Anyway, maybe I'll get to the bottom of that one day. I hope so. Uh, but in the meantime, there's also Chippo's, which is a potato chip brand with a hippo mascot. That makes sense. It does. It does. Um, uh, Homer also does enjoy pork rinds um, and sometimes eats a brand called Pork Rinds Light. (laughs) I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's pretty great. And then there's Malk. Malk. Who could forget the Malk? (laughs) This is imitation milk product that is introduced after Springfield Elementary faces extreme budget cuts. Instead of vitamin D, it has vitamin R. Which is not good. And uh, Bart complains because his bones get super brittle after (laughs) drinking this. Um, And then, of course, the mob takes over the school's milk contract, uh, promising to provide dog's milk grade milk or higher. uh, Squeaky Farms brand genuine animal milk. Genuine animal milk. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's that's great. The school also served grade F meat (laughs) during these budget cuts. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh gosh. And and then this one I actually remember I saw this episode. The Tamaco. Oh, it's a classic. It's really good. Yeah. Oh God. The part I remember most is this, the 
Homer challenging, he challenged someone to a duel. And the dude actually takes him up on it. I remember that very clearly for some reason. And the family is forced to flee uh, to to the Simpson family farm when the guy actually does show up. And thanks to some plutonium, Homer manages to crossbreed <laughs> a tomato with some tobacco, making the tomacco, which is just as addictive as cigarettes, but completely legal. Um, when animals eat it, they become really violent. Uh, Ralph Wiggum proclaims, it tastes like grandma. Actually, it's his son that says it, isn't it? Uh, One of that's them says it. it. Ralph, yeah. Ralph is the kid, yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah, tomato okay. tastes like grandma. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a line that's like never far from my heart. <laughs> that was a very good impression. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's <laughs> decades and decades of saying that line. <laughs> Over and over again. All in preparation for this moment. You finally get your chance to shine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Annie. You've made it all possible. <laughs> I just wanted this to happen for you, and here we are. <laughs> and then I remember this episode, too. Uh, the Guatemalan Insanity Pepper, or the Merciless Peppers of Quetzalcatenago. Something like that. Sure. Um, and so, against all advice, Homer attends Springfield's <laughs> annual chili cook-off uh, to make up for his drunk actions at the previous year's event. This is why Marge doesn't want him to go. Right, and right. She's like, you better not drink any beer. And he says, oh, sure. He cannot resist the temptation of Chief Wiggum's batch of chilies, quote, grown deep in the jungle primeval by the inmates of a Guatemalan insane asylum. <laughs> and uh, they're so hot. Wiggum handles them with tongs, and he wears a welder's mask and gloves to stir them in the pot. Um, and so Homer tries them one time, and it like just barely touches his tongue, and it's too way too hot. And he goes and drinks a bunch of beer, and Marge gets mad at him because he's trying to douse the, the flame mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. in his mouth. Um, so he tries it a second time after he coats the inside of his mouth with wax, and he thinks that will provide him Help. some. right. Sure. Yes, exactly. And what follows is a very colorful, wild, hallucinatory trip for Homer, narrated by Johnny Cash. Which I, a coyote. Oh, right, right. Yeah, which I believe involves donuts pretty heavily. Oh, I'm sure it Am does. Am I thinking about the right? I'm, I'm not positive that I'm thinking about the right hallucinatory Homer <laughs> There's trip. multiple ones. Yeah. Not but... only on the show, but in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which actually segues into the next one really well. Speaking of. The Squishy. Yeah, (laughs) this is a a frozen soft drink sold at Quickie Mart. It's a play on 7-Eleven Slurpee. Yes, and after Bart and his friend Millhouse find $20, what do they do? They they rush over to the Quickie Mart and blow it all on an all-syrup edition, the Super Squishy. Super Squishy. (laughs) And making it push the machine to the limits. It's like, <laughs> um, and what follows is a sugar-fueled fever dream. Uh, Bart snaps out of it to find out he's joined a scout group called the Junior Campers. And not uh, very, not very cool. Bart no. is really mad. <laughs> and squishies are already risky before you make them a super squishy. They don't have any natural ingredients, <laughs> not even pure water. <laughs> so. Whew, it's a risk. Mm-hmm. And then there's Grandma Plopwell's pudding. And uh, Grandma Plopwell. She's sort of the Springville version of Betty Crocker. Um, it's touted as a low-fat snack and pops up as part of the How Low Will You Go contest, in which Homer wins second prize. After he gets I bombarded by these Grandma Plopwell's puddings, <laughs> the audience <laughs> is just throwing them at him. <laughs> and then we have 77X42. Which is a super sour lemon ball that Professor Frink uh, displayed at the Springfield Candy Convention. And he claimed that it had to be suspended in a magnetic field due to its <laughs> level of sourness. But of course, of course, Homer ate it. And his face gets like puckered to a very disturbing degree. Oh, yeah. Sucked right in. Right in. And it, uh-huh. it's very obvious that he ate it. Uh, <laughs> he's like, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> <laughs> Also there is the gummy Venus de Milo. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, which is a very expensive piece of gummy art. Uh, 
that, yes, Homer steals in a very action movie type sequence. But then he can't find it, and he spends, like, the whole episode looking for it. And at the end, he sees it's attached to the back of the babysitter's leggings. And he retrieves it, which, of course, gets him in trouble. But he does retrieve it, and he eats it. Gummy art gone. Gummy art gone. Like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, the, the aforementioned professor, uh, Frank, has a lot of— Great inventions over over the years, um, including the slightly more practical than the super sour lemon ball, uh, the slightly more practical uh, hamburger earmuffs. Ah, yes. Yes, toasty warm. I mean, that sounds nice. And then right? you can have a snack. You have a snack. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't see any issue here. Aside Multifunctional. From perhaps food safety. Speaking of food safety, <laughs> the fugu. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I remember this one, too. I uh, actually used it for inspiration for something that I wrote. Um, oh. So after Homer tries everything at, on the menu at this uh, restaurant called Happy Sumo Sushi, there's only one thing left, the fabled fugu fish. Um, and he demands to try it. And this is an item that is deadly if not properly prepared. And obviously... Uh. Yeah, this this is a puff puffer fish, right? Exactly. Um, and uh, and meanwhile, the the real sushi chef is like out back uh, uh, having adventure times with a lady, um, mm-hmm. and so the uh, the like inexperienced sous chef is in there and has to prepare it and is terrified. Yes, but serves it. He does, and and Homer is given a day to live, possibly uh, after yeah. ingesting it. So yeah. he kind of goes on like a bucket list reevaluation of his life. Yeah. Uh, but then he doesn't die and he goes back to his normal, terrible ways. I mean, that's the lesson <laughs> Simpsons gives us. <laughs> um, another type of fish, uh, the oh. three-eyed fish. Oh, no. Blinky is not a food. Blinky. <laughs> fish are friends, not food. <laughs> It's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. Uh, it's a three-eyed fish. The mutation was caused by these fish swimming near the nuclear power plant. And in one episode, the power plant's owner, Mr. Burns, um, who is running for governor in this episode, tries to fend off bad press uh, by eating a three-eyed fish that Bart caught named, yes, Blinky. Blinky. Yeah, it's 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 kind of this this thing where, you know, he's he's making the argument like like, oh no, that's that fish is fine. Like, look at how happy and healthy it is. Like, there's nothing wrong with that fish. I'm not polluting the river with these pollutants. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that I, I, I would eat that fish. Exactly. And, but yeah, he can't make it through one bite. Not nope. a single bite. Poor Blinky. Poor Blinky. Another of Mr. Burns's perhaps failed food, <laughs> food attempts um, is little Lisa Slurry. And this is an idea he got uh, after misinterpreting Lisa's explanation of recycling. Um, So (laughs) this is a multi-purpose product that can be used as engine coolant, low-income housing insulation, an explosive, and animal food. Uh, It's made of dead sea animals, hence his view of the recycling. Lisa, of course, who is a vegetarian, right? She's not vegan. No, she's vegetarian, yeah. Vegetarian is disgusted by it. Lisa goes vegetarian in an episode on the show um, where Paul and Linda McCartney guest star. And apparently their condition for guest starring was that Lisa had to, was that it wasn't just like a, like a joke for a single episode that the character would remain vegetarian for the rest of the series. And she has. She has. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a really powerful, I remember that one too. Yeah. Um, And then we have some baked products starting with (laughs) Moon waffles. Uh, and these are Homer's space age out of this world waffles. And I can I read the, the process for making these courtesy of Simpsons I think you should. fandom wiki. I, th- I think as we often say on the show, like in order to really understand what a thing is, you have to know how to make it. So go ahead. It's true. And uh, <laughs> thanks to the Simpsons fandom wiki for so much of this. Uh, very helpful. Mm-hmm. So steps. Plug in your waffle iron and turn it on. Then open it up and prepare the ingredients. Pour the whole bag of caramel cubes into the waffle iron. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Overflow the waffle iron with waffle batter. Add a healthy portion of liquid smoke. 
close the waffle iron, try eating the overflowing waffle batter that's pouring out of the waffle iron. If it tastes terrible, then proceed. If you taste anything that counts as tasty, start over and add more liquid smoke. Open the waffle iron once the waffle is burnt and put it on a plate. Put an entire stick of butter on top of the waffle. Cover up the butter with the waffle as if it were a tortilla. Poke the wooden skewer through the waffle and butter. Try not to burn your mouth when you take a bite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a... Uh... This is another clip that's really close to my heart because um, because <laughs> like as like Homer takes a big bite of it and just goes mmm fat and yeah <laughs> I think fondly I, I I think about that clip like once every two weeks at least that was super fun I I, I hadn't heard of that one and I looked it up and I, I really enjoyed it <laughs> and then since we did an episode on muffins recently did want to talk about muff said oh I can't believe I forgot about this. Oh, man. Muff said, this is a muffin shop from season two that opened on the same street as Edna Crabapple's shop, Edna's Edibles. And, of course, that wasn't the only competition that street had. There was also Muff Mart, HR Muffin Stuff, and (laughs) R Crumbs Keep On Muffin. Um, (laughs) And Muff might be a Marvel reference to Nuff Said. Maybe. 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 But, yeah, I, uh, right, yeah, that, that, that. Would have come out right in the in the middle of the muffin boom that we were talking about in the muffin episode. So the muffin boom. I love that it was such a thing that multiple shows buried it. Yeah. Like Seinfeld did, oh, yeah. The Simpsons did. That's great. There's also Pretzel Wagon, um, which is a, something that Marge invested in uh, the franchise pretzel-based food truck, um, and she decided to do that after the members at a ladies' investment club mocked her about how careful she was with money. And Lisa helps out on the marketing side, but is largely a disaster, including a free pretzel day that went terribly awry. I think everybody just took the pretzels and threw them at Mr. Burns or something. Yeah, it was at a, at a baseball game, I yeah. think. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's a free, free pretzel day at the baseball game. Right, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the pretzels are called Whitey Whackers, by the way. (laughs) And then we have a slew of just random things that are so short but so funny. We wanted to include them. Um, There is the restaurant, the Gilded Truffles Taco Stuffed Lobsters. Uh, Shakespeare's (laughs) Fried Chicken. Jesus H. Rice. Uh, That's excellent. Uh (laughs) Strupo. Which is a caper-based liqueur making fun of absinthe that is described as crushingly addictive. Uh, their slogan is, lose everything. And the alcohol is also known as Angel's Urine, the Grey Troll, and the Brine of Madness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Grey Troll. <laughs> <laughs> the Green Fairy and the Grey Troll. Uh-huh. Power sauce bar, which is a power bar made out of six apples, or so they say. Homer later finds out it's made of six apple cores and some recycled Chinese newspapers. Um, Jim Jams, which is a cereal featuring Jim Jam Bonks, which is a Jar Jar Binks uh, parody. Oh, uh-huh. uh-huh. Dead Lobster. <laughs> Red, Red Lobster, Lobster parody. Yeah. Yes, I love that. Um, Dare Crazy Kraut, which is a German-style fast food chain. Drunken Donuts. Uh, uh, Dunkin Donuts drunk. I get it. <laughs> that's great. That's so good. And then there's Cool Ranch Soda. Um, so when the Simpsons are saving up for a big vacation, the family shops at the 33-cent store. Oh. Um, and everything in there is Kind of questionable. There's expired plankton, a box that says onions, question mark, and uh, cool ranch soda, which is actually something, we have something like this sitting in our office waiting for us one day when we can return. Yeah, one day when we can return and share terrible flavored sodas. I'm looking forward to it and dreading it all at once. Absolutely. The Frying Dutchman, which is a seafood restaurant Homer almost bankrupted when they introduced an all-you-can-eat buffet. Oh, uh, yeah, the we owner... talked about that one, too. Yeah, yes, we yeah, we played the clip on our buffet episode, I believe. Um, we definitely talked about it in that episode. Uh, the owner called Homer a remorseless eaten machine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, more, it's more the pirate voice than the, yes. than the yeah, yeah. 
I, I can't I can't do it. It's, it's someone call Hank Azaria. Yeah. <laughs> I have uh, run into him. He films a lot around Atlanta. Oh, you have? Oh, man. I feel mm-hmm. like that's one of those. That That's one of the human celebrities who I would probably just fall over and like not be able to talk to. I'm just like, you talk good, thank you. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'd be like, I loved Godzilla 1998. <laughs> and he'd punch me in the face. No, I'm sure he's nicer than that. Okay, I, I did want to mention this one because I found it so sort of funny about our kind of current food climate. Uh-huh. Um, it's a restaurant, a very exclusive restaurant called L Chemistry. Um, in Springfield that claims that everything is made with science, everything on the menu. (laughs) Uh So it's cooked in space or deconstructed or it's made in a perfect vacuum. Uh For example, there's a deconstructed Caesar salad that comes in four tubes. So you've got um, egg yolk ice, lettuce gel, crouton foam, and anchovy air. (laughs) Um, I mean, we all know. We've all seen these places. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. There's pork chops 100 ways. There's a type of soup that is served on a pillow that is deflated when the waiter sheds a single tear on it called regret, which I love. (laughs) Um, Zero gravity root vegetables, pie needle sorbet, and deconstructed apple pie. Yeah, it's, uh, I I believe this episode, actually, no, this this was a little bit later on because I think that was in um the food wife which is one of those food blogger episodes which is a little mm-hmm. bit later um but uh yeah making fun of molecular gastronomy and we all love that this this episode also guest starred uh tony bourdain gordon ramsay and mario batali he's a big big food episode and they had like a really funny food blogger name i can't remember it but it was very silly <laughs> i think it's the three mouth cateers yes that's right yeah <laughs> The Three Mouthketeers. I haven't, I have not seen this episode, but, um, but I've read a lot about it in the past 24 hours. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I couldn't not include any of the examples because everyone I was laughing thought, yep, I've seen yep. this. I know exactly uh-huh. what you're talking about. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So that's, oh, we could keep going on and on and on and on. Oh, Absolutely. That's about all we're going to talk about, the fictional foods. We did want to talk about a real food, the Butterfinger BBs. Yeah, uh, because, right, because Bart was like the spokesperson for, for Butterfinger for a long time. And yeah. Butterfinger BBs are this very specific uh, 1990s thing. Yeah, and so... Most of us, and as we are on a food show, Lauren and the super producers and I have talked about this a lot. Most of us have this discontinued food that we desperately miss. For me, it's the twist and fill, which is Twizzlers <laughs> with like a watermelon. It's not that other thing people keep telling me. It's not. It's a different thing. Um, <laughs> I have a whole podcast idea around this. It's called Twisted. It's going to be great. Um <laughs> But for super producer Andrew, this kind of missed discontinued food is the Butterfinger BB. And these were essentially um, a Butterfinger candy bar, but in these little marble-sized ball format. And the chocolate had a really low melting point, so getting your hands covered with the chocolate was (laughs) inevitable Uh and sort of a part of the experience in the same way that Dorito dust (laughs) is a part of the experience they were launched in 1992, but discontinued in 2006 to much outcry, multiple petitions to bring it back, Facebook pages <laughs> dedicated to bringing it back. <laughs> so eventually Nestle did. Uh, they caved and they bought them back, but it was only briefly and only it was under the name Butterfinger Mini Bites. Apparently the internet tells me it wasn't the same. Oh, <sighs> Goodness. Yes. I will say that Butterfinger BBs when I was running um when when I had to participate in like in like candy sales in school, um, mm. they were by far the number one seller. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're definitely my older brother's favorite candy, Butterfingers in general. And he was mm-hmm. like he is a huge Simpsons fan. I have no idea if that there's like any if there's relationship a there. Yeah. But huh. um so, yeah, uh, if we're talking about what this has to do with The Simpsons, Butterfingers and The Simpsons have a long relationship going all the way back to 1988. 1988, when The Simpsons was still just a part of the Tracy Ullman show. 
And that year, Bart Simpson appeared in a commercial for the Butterfinger candy bar, calling it Neato and saying the classic line that no one better lay a finger on my Butterfinger. Um, And for a lot of people, this was their first exposure to these Simpsons characters. And these characters began appearing on Butterfinger packaging in the early 1990s. And I I was looking through old archives of it and like... um, some of them, you you would open it up and they had uh, Zodiacs, like funny oh, uh-huh. Zodiac signs featuring Bart. So they were sort of collectibles <laughs> in that way. Huh. Um, when this relationship ended, the show poked fun at Butterfingers in an episode where Marge went on a crusade to get rid of sugar completely in Springfield. <laughs> and then in 2013, Nestle and the Simpsons reunited with an ad campaign that included a national van tour to get to the bottom of who stole Bart's Butterfinger at a contest and everything. <laughs> um, and I didn't know this, but apparently the original recipe for the Butterfinger may have been lost. <gasps> really? Yes. Oh, gosh. Is is that why there's a new formula out now? Is that why there's <gasps> a new Butterfinger? I don't know, but we have to find out. I, we've we, got to do a future episode. We do. We absolutely do. Because I've had one of those new Butterfingers and it does not taste the same. Yeah, you told me this. I remember the original being way more, like, cloyingly sweet. Like, this was only, like, normal sweet. (laughs) Only normal sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I read a whole thing about uh, about that, and one of the spokespeople saying uh, how she thought it was funny. There was this huge backlash, and she's like, people will get over it. I'm like, well, people still hung up on these Butterfinger BBs, but maybe. (laughs) Maybe one day. Uh, And The Simpsons does have a really long history of featuring real food and drink products uh, and restaurants. Absolutely. KFC was one. We could have done a whole section on that. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's it it really is. I mean, like like remarkable or I guess expected. I it's it's such a it's such an interesting show because it really is supposed to be this this very slice of life kind of thing, and mm-hmm. uh, and so of course food comes up a lot, and uh, uh, you know both both parodies of real world stuff and just real world stuff just gets tossed in there. So yeah, you know. I know Ocean Spray was in there too. Ah, hmm. um, yeah, it's funny. I like how you like you see Dead Lobster and you you immediately know. Oh yeah, Red Lobster. <laughs> oh sure. Very, very enjoyable to me mm-hmm. personally. But there you go. That's our fictional That's... foods roundup <laughs> plus real foods roundup on The Simpsons. 13 page long outline. Whew. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, and we, we do have we do have just a little bit more for you. Um, but first we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy piña colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm-hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks, but I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is, yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. (laughs) 
Yeah, uh, West Holm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. Yes, I did too. (laughs) West Holm offers these beautifully marbled steaks because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia, from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia, and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash savor. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Listener Listener Mail. Mail. (laughs) That's the Simpsons (laughs) thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the beginning of every episode. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I I realized what you were doing halfway through and I started laughing. Anyway, okay. That was a very hard (laughs) one to communicate. I was just making like gestury hands. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like a cloud like thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Um, Mary wrote, I was listening to your Easter egg episode and had to write to you after your reaction to egg tapping, since my family has a tradition of annual egg wars. <laughs> We color eggs at my grandmother's house the day before Easter. In addition to the regular designs, we use crayons to write the name of each family member on an egg before dyeing them. After Easter dinner the next day, everyone takes their labeled egg and the war starts. The two youngest family members present start by tapping the ends of their eggs together until one breaks. The owner of the unbroken egg then challenges the next oldest relative and so on. The final champion gets bragging rights, but also who makes it through several rounds is also congratulated. The final champion gets bragging rights, but anyone who makes it through several rounds is also congratulated. We've been doing this for longer than I've been alive, and I have no idea how it started. But even this year, we joked about how to have egg whores over Zoom on Easter Sunday with a couple of my aunts and uncles having two-person competitions. Oh, 
This is so <laughs> great. I love this. I'd never heard of this. No, no, me neither. It is so delightful that there has just been this outpouring of like, yes, of course we have egg wars. Like, and it's <laughs> this very dramatic thing, very intense competition. I am doing this next Easter 1,000%. Oh, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Have a competition. Ah, <laughs> uh, right? Ah. Uh. Huh. Uh, Ryan wrote, I listened to your recent fantastic podcast on asparagus, thank you, and had to share a story about white asparagus. In April of 2019, my wife and I took a two-week trip to Germany and Austria. As you mentioned in your podcast, white asparagus is eaten in these countries. We spent two days in a town called rothenburg Obertaber, a beautiful old German town with one of Germany's only fully preserved city walls encircling the whole town. One night in Rothenburg, we went to a restaurant called uh, Zerhol, which translates to hell. Our guide had told us on a tour that this restaurant offers drinks and snacks very late into the night. So if you are out late at night in Rothenburg, had a bit to drink, and are getting a little noisy, and someone yells out at you, go to hell— it's actually good advice, but I digress. <laughs> While we were ordering dinner, our waiter told us that the special of the evening was white asparagus soup. He told us it had just come in season and was only in season for a few weeks. Of course, we had to try it, and it was so delicious. It definitely tasted like asparagus, and it was probably very similar to a cream of asparagus type soup made with regular asparagus, but we were so glad to get to try it because trying new foods is one of the reasons we love to travel. Yes. Us too. Oh, us too. Absolutely. Oh, I. Oh, really. Oh, yes. I really, I really want to, really want to go somewhere and try white asparagus and many other foods. But yeah, I mean, we're definitely getting a lot more mounting reasons to make this trip to Europe to try asparagus. Yeah, asparagus happen. I mean, previously I was like, okay, like we've got this hookup in Champagne, so we should probably go to there. Um, Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, I don't know. I might be more interested in white asparagus. There's no reason we couldn't do both. Ah, there you go. Always thinking. (laughs) Yes, you know me. Also, a restaurant called Hell is excellent. I know. That's so cute, yeah. There was one on my list. I can't remember. It's not Hell, but there's one in uh, California because we were planning our next trip before all this happened, and there was one that was like purgatory or something. It was really cool. I I was Uh, like, we got to get to there. (laughs) (laughs) We will one day. We will one day. We will. We will. But in the meantime, thanks to both of those listeners for writing Mm -hmm. in. You too can write us, and we would love to hear from you. Our email is hello at saberpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at saverpod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit tomboyx.com to shop.